Yeah, good afternoon. I'm Brendan. I'm an alcoholic. And I should say at the outset, if the background noise is too much here, please message me, let me know, or just cut in. I'm in a field. I'm camping in, in the east of England in a near a little village called Wickham Market in Suffolk. And um, so I'm away for three nights. And uh, yeah, I don't know what to say after Mark's lovely introduction. <laughs> anyway, it's uh, it's lovely to be here and it's great to see you all. I have been to plenty of Tusnua meetings, but I haven't managed to get into Tusnua for a little while. And uh, hello to Gail on the bus and I think Rohit as well. First time um, at this meeting. Um, I'm going to talk for about, I'm going to watch the clock. I don't, I, I don't imagine people will remember if they've heard me before anything I've said, but I'm not going to talk for anything more than 20, 25 minutes max. Um, I'm just going to say a, <clears throat> a little bit about what it was like before before I came to AA. I'll try and quickly say what's gone on since and then what my hope is for, for myself and, and for the fellowship. Um, so although I'm in the east of England and I've been living over here in England for 28 years, um, I'm from Leitrim in the northwest of Ireland, where Don is at the moment. I'm from the north of the county, a lovely little village. It's a beautiful part of the world if you ever want to get there. I'm the youngest of a very big family. Uh, I'm the youngest of, there was 12 kids in my family and I, I'm the baby, some baby. And um, just to get straight into it, I, I, growing up, I hated alcohol. I hated what it did to people. Uh, seeing what it did to people in my family, it was a taboo subject. Um, I know that there's a theory of some sort that every household in Ireland has bottles of Guinness and whiskey lying on the kitchen table and all that. That's, I'm sure nowadays people know that's not true. But we didn't have it in our family. You know, we didn't drink was not something that was readily available in my family. The few people that did drink when I was a child growing up, they had problems with it. They had issues with it. And, um, and I didn't like what I did to them. I, I cared for them. I loved them. Um, when you're a child, you can't articulate that. Um, so you kind of keep all that down. So when I did begin to drink, it was a, it was a shock to me. I didn't think I would. Um, and of course, when you're a teenager and you're growing up, you do it for all sorts of reasons. Um, I read something recently, which sounds so simple and so obvious, but for some reason or other, seeing it in black and white on a page, it really hit me right between the eyes and said that addiction or alcohol, like alcoholism addiction, is, is a manifestation of wanting to change how you feel. Uh, and as I said, that sounds very obvious, doesn't it? But when you boil it right down, it's, it's amazingly simple, but it's amazingly accurate as well, because I don't suppose many of us go around from day to day. Um, well, I don't know, I should only speak for myself, but I guess I picked up a drink. And when you're 16, 17 years of age, you've got all sorts of things going on, um, good and bad. And it seemed to obviously do, do something for me. Um, but I still felt that I was um, cheating on myself, cheating on life, because although I started drinking, I started drinking to change how I felt. It's only in retrospect that I realized that um, because I didn't really allow myself to grow up. Um, I'm not going to come out with a lot of victim stuff because I've never used it. I'm not a victim. I just, as I said before, I just didn't know how to look for help or ask for help um, for things that I couldn't couldn't work out for myself growing up so I never had those coping skills so I was using alcohol and again like I said that's all in retrospect so I just did all the usual dumb shit that teenagers do and I seemed to be quite a 
pig when I drank. I'm not, I'm not tall. I'm not big. I'm about five foot four. I'm big now. I've got a Buddha belly because I eat too much. Um, but yeah, I was a pig when I drank as well. I drank too much, too quickly. I'd always get drunk. I'd always get sick a lot of the time. And when I did, I'd continue drinking. The following day, I'd be ill. I'd be sick. I would swear off. And lo and behold, I was back at it again. I mean, well, that's the vicious circle. I mean, how many times have any of us shared that? I'm not presuming that it's exactly the same for everybody, but that's the way it was. There's nothing spectacular about my drinking at all. I did lots of stupid things. Lots of stupid things happened to me. There was lots of regret. There was tons of guilt and all of that. It's an amazing thing as well when, you know, at the age of 19, I had a couple of, and I really don't, I really need to be careful how I share this. I must speak to somebody about the best, easiest way to share this or gentlest way is that. I had a couple of times when I was quite drunk um, and I was very unhappy. And I tried to, I say I tried to commit suicide. Again, I'm not being flippant here, but I used and still do sometimes disposable razor blades when I shave. Thank goodness I didn't use the the authentic thing because when I had a little bit of hacking at the age of 19 at my risks, I only got some bad scars and I still have the scars to this day. So if I was using the real thing, the real blades, who knows? Who knows? I might not be here to, to share, share this with you and, and be alive and well and out camping in a field. Anyway. So, yeah, I was a, a very unhappy, uh, unhappy guy growing up uh, a lot of the time. And then sometimes I had happy times, you know, uh, simple as that. Um, I guess I could do a lot more to look deeply into it, but I think I have through, through, through the years um, looked into various things. But of course, as time goes by, different things raise their ugly head or good head, um, happy head, whatever. And so I haven't always overanalyzed what's happened in my life. Anyway, so the drinking had to stop. Um, I, I went sick from, uh, from work after a binge. Uh, that's the other thing I should say as well. My drinking didn't have a set pattern. I wasn't, I do shift work. I've been doing shift work for almost 29 years uh, with the company I still work with. So sometimes it was day, almost daily drinking. Other times it was binge drinking. Other times I would swear off it for a couple of weeks to prove to myself and the world I didn't have a, dr have a drink problem. So I was playing. I was playing with it all the time, not happy, all the time, not dealing with life and life's terms. Anyway, I admitted to my, my, my employer that I had a problem with alcohol in good time as well. That was back in 93 because I worked for a, for a company where it's safety critical. You can't take drugs. You can't can't take alcohol you get tested on a regular basis at that time that didn't happen back in 93 uh, but luckily I, I admitted to the problem but they helped me and they sent me to a counselor and the counselor was fantastic he told me I was an alcoholic I was delighted he told me I was an alcoholic not so happy that I seemed to be just a boring ordinary alcoholic I wanted to be super alcoholic of the genius variety thankfully today I'm just an ordinary simple alcoholic in recovery recovered whatever who cares semantics Anyway, um, I, the counsellor was fantastic. With regards to God, I told him, I, he told me go to AA. I said, not a problem, because I really wanted to get well. Um, it wasn't just the physical effects that alcohol was having on me. My head was gone. Mentally, you know, I was in a bad place. And I guess that's what alcoholism is. That's what addiction is. It's not about the product we're taking or we're putting, ingesting into our system to feel different. There's something, a driver, isn't there, behind all that as to why we want to feel different in the first case. And that's what I, that's what I knew I had to deal with. It was, it was, a, it was 
it was common sense to me. It was obvious to me that I was going to have to make changes in my life, not simply put the drink down. There was a reason why I was drinking the way I was. And for my, the counselor to tell me I was an alcoholic, it was a good starting point. But when he told me to go to AA, I was, um, I was a people pleaser as well. So I was definitely going to do what he told me to do. But I did tell him that um, I didn't believe in God. And I have no clue what he said to me, but I know he put my mind at rest. He must have said things along with, you'll hear the word God, but just good orderly direction, maybe all those things. I should say as well that the, the counsellor, he didn't 12-step me, but I did find out afterwards um, that uh, he was in recovery himself. Anyway, I loved AA from the start. Within a couple of months, somebody else who, who was still a member of the fellowship said to me, uh, use the collective wisdom of AA as your higher power. Um, from that, that evening onwards, that was good enough for me. I knew, and I guess looking back on it, it was fellowship, the, the chance to do things without picking up a drink, the excitement of being sober. I say excitement. I was on a big pink cloud for the first year. Uh, I'll put a caveat in that. I never woke up happy. I never woke up happy in the morning to satisfy more, for most of what I've had. In the last year or two, and I'll try and get to that, if I, if I move on quickly enough. In the last year or two, I do wake up a lot happier in the morning. It took an event in my life for that to happen. So right throughout my sobriety for, for over 25 years, mornings were never great, never that bad, but never great. Uh, and then as the day would progress, I'd get a little bit better. But yeah, but there was a pink cloud in the first year. I really was happy. I got a sponsor. I mechanically did the steps. He was a lovely man because I worked in London. He was a Californian. He was a lovely chap. And um, someone may have or may not have heard me share this before. He made a huge error. No mobile phones back in 93. He told me ring him every day. I did. I'm, I'm positive he never told any other sponsee ever to do that. Never, ever. I certainly wouldn't be telling any sponsees to ring me every day. No chance. But I did. Uh, and I spoke mostly to his wife, by the way. He had the common sense. He must have thought, Brendan's ringing again. Oh, my gosh. And I didn't want to ring him every day. I just did what I was told. Anyway. I'm going to skip a lot of that. As you can imagine, I am a long time without a drink. Sometimes it's been purely and solely down to everything that AA has taught me. I'm going to be honest, sometimes it's been pure luck. Once I didn't pick up a drink, I nearly did pick up a drink. I was so angry. I was going to drink. I think I was about three years sober. So angry with somebody that the anger got the better of me. And I was walking around the part of London where I live in deciding would I have vodka or would I have beer? And I bumped into a newcomer. And the newcomer asked me, it was an hour and a half before a meeting, was I on my way to the meeting? So I couldn't let myself down and said, yes, I'm on my way to a meeting. So rather than going into a pub drinking, I was putting out chairs at a meeting an hour before the meeting began. So yeah, sometimes it's been luck. Mostly it's, it's the willingness to get stuck in Services definitely kept me sober. I get resentful because if I do a hundred things and at least one person doesn't say, well done, Brendan, you did a hundred things, I'll get the hump. So I'm going to do another hundred things so that hopefully one person will say, well done, Brendan. That's just me. And sometimes I do things just because it's the right thing to do as well. I'm far from saying it. So yeah, a combination of things have kept me sober, mainly AA, definitely mainly AA. Um, and the fact that it's better being sober. It's much, much better being sober, needless to say. Um, I've got married in sobriety. I've got divorced in sobriety. I've been in another relationship. 
in sobriety. That one's going well, mainly because I'm too 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 lazy and too old to fall out with her. Um, and um, she won't put up with any shit from me either. Um, I've been for counselling three times during that period of sobriety. Once for the inability to control my anger. I could go from not to 60 in six seconds, calm down, and the person I would get angry with would generally have been my ex-wife or ex-partner. Um, when I do that, I, they, they would get very upset with me because I'd have calmed down almost as quickly as I got ang angry, which is a horrible thing for the other person on the receiving end of it. Um, so I've done a, done a lot of things um, right, and I've done a lot of things wrong, but that's part of the course. I think, I think any human being is simple. Uh, it would simply do the same, the same things. Um, I'm going to cut to, the, to a few bits now. I've left out loads. I mean, I've had a great... I've had a ball of a time. As you can see, I'm in a field in the east of England camping. That was one of the things I've always wanted to do. And I hadn't done it for many years. And I picked it up again last year. I was a bit scared. You know, would I, would I, was I fooling myself? And I don't. I love it. Uh, this is my third time camping in 12 months. Um, but yeah, and I traveled lots and lots of places. I was going to go all around the world when I was drinking. I was going everywhere. I was going everywhere. I went no place. Uh, since I got sober, I've been to many places, many, many places, and I've loved it. Uh, I couldn't even drive, by the way, when I, when I was drinking. I didn't even have a driving license. And by pure coincidence, pure coincidence, I passed my driving test on my first AA birthday. I didn't plan it that way. It's just the way the card came in here in the UK is how things work. Um, I tried to use that, by the way, as maybe uh, an inroad to adding to the collective wisdom of AA and maybe seeing something something else involved, some higher powery stuff. But no, I just knew it was a coincidence because when you're involving yourself in life, these coincidences, I think, would happen a bit more. Um, simple as that. Um, okay, a couple of years ago, I had three of my family. You might remember I said I come from a huge family. And um, three of my brothers, three of my siblings, were all ill at the very same time. June, it was this time two years ago. Um, and I had a breakdown. One of my brothers passed away in May of 2019, and at the same time, two of them were in hospital. Um, we weren't even sure if they'd make it. They're alive and well, and um, I'm still causing them trouble, and they're causing me trouble. We love each other to bits. We're a very close family. But I thought I was dealing with it, but I didn't. I had what well, I would consider close to a breakdown. I had started getting anxiety, panic attacks. It was, it was a, a very strange time for me. But uh, every cloud is a, has a silver lining. I went to a my local GP, my work was fantastic. Believe it or not, I didn't take time off work when this was happening. I preferred to be at work rather than at home. But I was having panic attacks. I had two at work. They were lovely. My general practitioner put me on a medication, Cetraline, uh, for anyone that might be familiar with that, a small dose. I was on that for nine months. It was fantastic. It really helped me. But what I got into, which was something I just really didn't do for most of, or any of my, my sobriety, if I'm honest, uh, maybe when I was at AA conventions, I'd do a little bit of it. I didn't do any meditation, but now I meditate. And I, I have to say that it was, it was, it, it was something that was un, really unbelievably helpful to me. Um, other things have sprung from that as well. I'm much better at asking for help when I need help. I'm trying to be less brave where I think I need to be brave. I'm certainly less available to my family because even though I'm the baby of my family, I was making myself much too available. And some of my older siblings were actually relying on me to fix things. And it wasn't a good thing for me. Uh, 
if I bring myself right up to where we are now, obviously this horrible situation we have in the world with COVID and the way it's put um, pay to a lot of people's plans in life and everything else. I've been one of the lucky ones in that I've been able to continue going out to work. As I said, I, I work for, for a big transport company in London and they had to keep going. Um, so I was able to go to work all the time. So that was a good thing. And Zoom has been fantastic. Most or all of you are probably would never have come across if it wasn't for Zoom. And of course, the secular meetings, the secular world has opened up so much for us. And it's such a such an amazing thing. I think it's absolutely fantastic. And one of the, if not, yeah, one of the many great things that's come from it for me is, um, and I know there are a huge number of secular steps out there, but I've focused on, a lot, along with a lot of other people, I know the Jeffrey Mon steps. And I think of all his 12 um, practical steps, the one that seems to have the, had the biggest impact on me is his step seven, his version of step seven and about traits, building more positive character traits. I find it, uh, certainly there's, there's things in there like he mentions things like honesty, dealing with honesty being the, the most obvious uh, thing for him. He suggests it's the most obvious thing for an alcoholic to try and get probably the most difficult. Uh, and I'm not just saying because I read it and focused on it that it's been abracadabra and it's working that well. It has put things up there for me to get a little bit more honest with. But I love the fact that he suggests things like if you don't want to do something, there's a way of not doing it without coming across impolite or rude. Um, he talks about generosity. He talks about the difference between cynicism and scepticism and, and the way of suggesting it. It's just, it's, to me, it's just a, a, a fantastic step. And um, for anyone that hasn't looked at or had a chance to focus on anything that Jeffrey Munn has said in, in, in his book, I, I, would, I would strongly suggest you give it a go. And I, as I said, that's, you know, not, not um, forgetting the fact that there are a lot of secular steps uh, out there. And it's been a huge, it's been a huge change. Um, I'm human. I'm the same as everybody else. I think the flux between Zoom and live meetings and all the rest of it. I went through a time on, on, on Zoom where I'd come into a Zoom meeting, uh, I'd be on my iPad like I'm on here or maybe my desktop at home and I'd find myself looking at my phone um, going from one thing to another. Not very good, not, not, you know, I wouldn't do it in a live meeting. So for a little while I stepped back a little bit from Zoom meetings. I made, I made a little bit of an error. Um, I didn't think Zoom was going to be around for as long as it has or that there would be a need. So um, I was actually the host for three uh, Zoom meetings uh, on my own personal Zoom account, which isn't something I would recommend. Uh, so for me, anyway, for security reasons and all that, I wasn't prepared to give out my details. So I kept that up for over a year. Like I said earlier on, service is a good thing, but I was getting a little bit resentful about that. It's no one else's fault. It's just me. Um, and that's where... I, going back to those Jeffrey Munn steps where I was able to take the bull by the horn and say, you know, enough is enough. And in a, in a, in a grown up way, take a, take a step back. There's a million and one things I, I could share with you. Um, and um, that wouldn't be fair, would it? <laughs> It'd all leave the meeting if I tried. But um, I'm, I'm positive. I am absolutely positive that I want to stay and remain a member of AA. One last thing I will say, because I always say one last thing, and I get trouble for it. Um, I hope secular AA can overlap with traditional AA, because I think it's the way forward. Uh, and I realise it's going to take time, but 
the way AIA is structured, nobody in the general service offices are going to make any provisions for secular AA unless they're told to the general service conference. So I'm hoping that members through time, through their intergroups and all the rest of it, and I, and I don't want to get into the politics of it. I have no interest in it. Um, I want to stay sober and in staying sober, there's a chance I might be able to help other alcoholics stay sober, the same as you guys. But I do think that we have to, even if we want to change it in time, collectively or whatever our personal feelings are, my personal feeling is that we have to together collectively go through the motions now, through the normal structure and get the, the very the very necessary changes. Um, because we can't say AA is not religious and then half, half the meetings in Ireland, I know as well, um, say the Our Father. It's just how are we going to attract people from all sorts uh, across the globe. I have no idea if we're going to be doing things like that. Anyway, that's getting away from the point. Um, I was only meant to share my experience. Thank you. I guess I'm sharing my experience with what I think needs to be done. But um, Mark, thanks for asking me. You're a star, Mark. Uh, I have no idea how you managed to keep doing what you're doing, uh, but you're fantastic. And there's so many other good people that are helping out with Zoom. And I hope in time that I might even get to see some of you across the globe at uh, secular conventions or even traditional conventions that have a good input from secular AA. So thanks again for asking me and I hope everyone's uh, okay today.